When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, everyone. It is Monday, 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time, the week of the NFL draft. And you are listening to Dub Bear Podcast right here on the Bears Podcast Network on FFSN, Fans First Sports Network. I'm Joey Christopoulos. You can follow me at Joey Sports Guy with my co-hosts as usual. He is Vincent Saunders at The Real Payday. What's up, Vincent? What's going on, Joey? How's it going? Just counting down the seconds, my friend. Uh, still, we're still here. It's finally the week of the draft. It's four days away. Um, we've filled up enough content to fill up a ship. Uh, one big giant ship. And now that ship is ready to set sail. And this is what we're going to do here today. We're going to keep it short. We're going to keep it simple, everybody. There's not a whole lot of speculation left, so honestly, we're just going to put each other on the clock. We're going to do a dueling mock draft leading all the way up to the Bears pick at number nine. Then we're going to each make our selection, our prediction for what we think the Chicago Bears are going to do at number nine. The only stipulation with this exercise is that there are no trades allowed. So each team has to make their pick in their spot. Vincent, any thoughts about the NFL draft before we get started here, before you yourself are on the clock? Uh, Only thought that I have is... uh... I wonder who's going to mess up first. Hopefully, hopefully it happens outside of the out. You know, hopefully it happens within the first eight and sometime ten after pick ten. Well, we might see something happen at two, <laughs> as early as two, with what the Texans decide to do, and then never count out the Raiders at seven. Um, <laughs> they could definitely take that third or fourth round value speedy receiver uh, at that moment and, and hop in on it. But let's dive in, right? Let's start making these picks. Um, I've decided to take the, I've gotten the odds. Uh, Vince is going to take the eights, the even, so he can take his little, take his Falcons. And then uh, we're going to finish up with the Chicago Bears pick. So here we go. Welcome to the NFL draft. I'm at the clock. I'm on the clock. I'm at number one. I'm not going to be breaking any news here right now. This seems to be a done deal after the Chicago Bears traded the number one pick to the Carolina Panthers for the number nine pick, DJ Moore bunch of other picks it looked like at the time they were going to take cj stroud but the carolina panthers at number one are going to select bryce young out of alabama i don't think they could pass up on the talent uh the ceiling is very high the floor can the seems like he has a high floor but well obviously we have to wait and see on the health but they're not going to pass up on him vincent the carolina panthers take bryce young at number one seems to be uh, without much deliberation there for that pick no, I don't think that they're. I don't think that they're sitting on that one now. I think we've got enough news out that it seems to be Bryce Young's going to be their guy. They're going to roll with him moving forward, and uh, this opens up a kind of a 
Pandora's box a little bit of what happens to the other quarterbacks, but we're now moving on to the Houston Texans at number two, a team that could have had the number one pick, Vincent. If it wasn't for thank you, Davis Mills and Lovey Smith in the final week of the season, they're now at number two. Their preferred quarterback is maybe off the board. What do they do? They don't get Bryce Young, but they cannot, you know, forego the opportunity to get that quarterback to start over with new coach D'Amico Ryan. So with that said, they're going to take the next best quarterback on the board, C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud off the board. Uh, real quick, you know, what are you what are your thoughts on him? Are you a college football guy? Did you get a chance to watch him? You know, a lot of reports for those listening to this podcast that aren't familiar. C.J. Stroud, deadly accurate, not a lot of mobility. Do you like him as a player? Do you think the Texans will be happy with that pick? I think, well, that that is my, uh, my thought on C.J. Stroud. Just like you say, he's got it pro ready arm he's got a pro body he just doesn't move he just doesn't move outside of the pocket like that as you as you've been noticing the last what close to 10 years now quarterbacks are, are becoming more athletes they're becoming more athletic they're you know the run the rpo game is you know alive and well in the nfl so he doesn't really excel in that area however he's not a statue he can, he just chooses not to you know press the uh press the, the, you know, the ends of the tackle box, which is, you know, no big deal. You know, he's got, he's got the uh, ability to make plays with his arm, which is exactly what uh, Houston has been without for the last two seasons. So yeah, this is a plus for them. Just a quick side tangent. What's your perspective on if the Texans don't take a quarterback at two, do you think that they're then forced in the position of then taking one at 12 if there's someone even left at that point? Or do you think they roll the dice again with Davis Mills? I mean, there is a lot of smoke that they seem pretty 50 on whether to take the quarterback like you just did or just take a defensive player. Um, well, let me answer this one. If they don't take a quarterback at number two, they don't take a quarterback at all this draft. Mm. I think they sit out. And come and come back again next next uh, dr next draft season and take a, take whoever they can get at that point, which is you know a gamble um, obviously because you know they came they they tried to get the first pick this this past season and ended up not getting it and there's some there's some quarterbacks who prospects that are in school right now who are projecting to be better than you know the top of the top of the board here so. In my opinion, if they don't take C.J. Stroud, they don't take anybody. They just, you know, start putting out weapons for whoever they do take eventually next season. Yeah, football fans learn the names Caleb Williams and Drake May. Those seem to be the two quarterbacks heading into next year that are probably going to be talked about a lot. I think those are the top of the draft quarterbacks that you're talking about. Yeah, Vincent, it's an interesting situation, right? Like if you're a Texans fan, you're like, oh, God, not again. We have to go through a whole nother season like this. But at the same time, they just hired D'Amico. Yeah, I was going to say, and they also just hired D'Amico Ryans. And first-year coaches usually kind of get that leeway to maybe sort of remake the roster with not a lot of talent on it, and then they go back into the draft again and get a high draft pick, and maybe that is the route that they go. But you've got them taking a quarterback here. you got them taking the new franchise in C.J. Stroud. Let's move on to number three, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, caveat with this, obviously, is they seem to be, of all the teams in the top ten right now, outside of maybe the Chicago Bears, um, one of the teams that seems most likely to trade down or trade out of that pick. We, that is not allowed in this particular mock draft, so we're going to stay where we are. And I think at number three, 
you know, we've heard some rumors about um, another defensive end possibly going before this guy, but I can't see it happening. They're going to take Will, the Terminator, Anderson, defensive end. And look, you know, my quick thoughts on him is I just think it's a great pick for Arizona. Um, they, you know, they've always been a, a defense that's always kind of tried to center itself around that defensive end, whether it is Chandler Jones, most recently a J.J. Watt. But uh, I think this is the move here, you know, with the Chicago Bears when they were at number one. You know, in the world where we did keep the pick, I think I would have taken Will Anderson number one. So the Arizona Cardinals are getting him at number three. Um, he's going to be a good player. Whether he's a great player is yet to be seen, but I think that's what they do at number three. Vincent, moving on. I think this is where the draft gets nuts. This is the fork in the road right here. Number four pick, the Indianapolis Colts. Nobody knows what they're doing, so please tell us, Vincent, what are the Indianapolis Colts going to do at number four? Best guess, the Colts draft Anthony Richardson out of Florida. They do need a quarterback. Um, the only question I have with this is, is Indianapolis the place where they can coach Miss uh, Richardson up? I don't, I don't make no mistakes about it. I do believe he's a project. He's got all the physical tools. He's got all the physical attributes that you will like in a, you know, um, in a quarterback, you like in an athlete, you know, he's just an, he's just athletic. Um, And he's got, he's got the arm. He's got, he's got the body. He's perfect. He's, you know, if you cut, if you cut a football player out of granite, you would get Anthony Richardson. But is he a starting NFL quarterback right now? Remains to be seen. My biggest problem with Anthony Richardson is that even when they show the highlights of him on ESPN, in his own highlights, he's underthrowing guys. Yeah. <laughs> even on his touchdown throws, they don't look like the most accurate passes in the world. So I'm with you, man. I, you know, I think the talent is undeniable. I think the combine completely changed his life. And I could definitely see them taking him at number four. But you're right, man. They, uh, whoever takes him, an organization needs to have some real patience and even more importantly i think the fan base of whoever takes him is going to have to have some real patience too as well because this might not even be a one-year thing it mm -hmm. might be a two-year thing with him before he actually gets out there and um can start for an nfl football team or let alone begin to kind of produce at any sort of level that has you say oh he's scratching the surface um before we move on real quick are you buying or selling any of the smoke with uh trey lance being linked to the Colts possibly in a trade? Are you buying any of that? No, I, I, I don't buy it. I don't think San Francisco is ready to give up on him yet. Who Trey Lance, who was also a top five pick, who is a, you know, flat out project coming in. Um, I don't think they're ready to offload him just yet. I don't think they're super sold on Brock Purdy, even though, you know, he did exactly everything you would want a uh, quarterback to do, especially coming from his draft position. But no, I don't, I don't buy any. I think it's just smoke. I think it's just uh, someone put that out there just to, you know, drive with the price for some, some, whatever they're looking for. Yeah. That could also be like Trey Lance agent driven because let's be honest, you know, if you're Trey Lance, you know, you're coming off an injured season, you're coming off a season where your team has several quarterbacks and even a team that is also sometimes linked to, if a certain Tom Brady ever came out of retirement, he would be linked to the 49ers. And if you're Trey Lance's agent, it's maybe just kind of a reminder of, oh, yeah, like you're wanted out there. Um, and if you get an opportunity where you actually did make the trade happen and you went to a new team, you get a completely fresh start with an organization that just says, hey, take your time, wait till you get healthy, and then we're going to start over with you again. 
Um, I'm not really buying it either, but it does make sense a little bit that it'd be out there in the news heading into the draft. Let's move on. We're moving to number five. The Seattle Seahawks are on the board. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks, this is a pick from the Denver Broncos, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this is the Russell Wilson trade come to roost. So the question is, where do the Seattle Seahawks go? What do they do here? Um, I love the idea that this is this is going great for the Chicago Bears right now, Vincent. we got three quarterbacks off the board right now. Um, this is great news. But at number five, I have to be honest with you, we're probably going to take another guy off the board that I think the Chicago Bears, or at least the fan base, have debated and hypothesized about over the last couple of months. Um, I do think a, a person like Pete Carroll, a coach like Pete Carroll in a defensive system, can take a gamble on a guy maybe with some personality issues. And I do think this is the spot for Jalen Carter. I really do. Um, now, is it the right spot for Jalen Carter? Yet to be seen, right? Because my biggest question is how many more years does Pete Carroll have exactly um, you know, on the sidelines? I mean, he looks like he's 54, but you know, he's well into his 70s at this point. You know, is he going to be around enough, long enough to make Jalen Carter an established professional? But no, I think this is where they roll the dice. Um, the Seattle Seahawks have a track record. They have that culture that everyone talks about that Jalen Carter has to go to. And, you know, look, they've had some guys with some personalities on their defensive defensive side of the ball before. Um, they need to beef up that area. They already went out, and they uh, – I believe they – who was it? Um, they signed Draymond Jones, too, as well. So now they maybe have two guys in the middle there stuffing the run. Uh, that's bad news for teams like the 49ers and Christian McCaffrey in their own division. So I think they take, take uh, Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter off the board at five. That's uh... – that that is the actual fork in a row that um that I was feeling. Um, because Seattle, they just gave Gino a you know, uh we believe in you type contract. Um mm -hmm. they but he can't be there forever. He's already in his 30s. Um and we, I don't think anybody believes that he can duplicate the type of season he had. Um so there's a thought that they might get a quarterback, but at that point that point in the draft, do they really need a quarterback? They, could they not shore up some other areas better? Um, so yeah, Jalen Carter, that's that's a good that's a good pick for them. Yeah, and then they just hope that um, you know he becomes a professional, and you know he's in his early twenties, and then when he grows into a full adult, he you know becomes the type of player that I think everyone believes that he's capable of. Uh, moving on to number six. Uh, I'm going to force you to do it. You got to pick for the Detroit Lions here. Um, a lot of differing opinions I, I see in mock drafts with what the Detroit Lions are going to do here with this pick at number six. What say you? What are they going to do here? So if given the opportunity, Detroit would have took would have taken Jalen Carter to put him right next to the last year with well, the reigning defensive rookie of the year, uh, Hutchinson. But, you know, since he's off the board, um, Detroit's got a Detroit's got a, you know they can do whatever they want, and I think what they're going to end up doing is taking Tyree Witherspoon from Texas Tech. Mm -hmm. Now he's a you know big guy; he can play the edge. You know he's he's an athletic guy. He's not his build doesn't doesn't staple him to the uh, to the defensive line. He can he can move around just sort of like Hutchinson. He's six six, I believe he's two seventy two eighty. Um, they just give they just give their defense a lot a, a multifaceted look, and I'm liking I'm liking what it would do for them. He has incredible length, um, yeah, and as you mentioned, the athletic traits are pretty crazy. Um, they're one in a generation, uh, but just like the Detroit Lions, 
uh, you know, they take a guy that's going to start the season hurt. Boom. I hit him. There you go. Uh, the guy had foot surgery uh, over the winter. Um, and I, he probably will be ready for week one. But, yeah, no, I, that's another position um, where the Detroit Lions, um, you know, we want to talk about all the talent that they have on their team right now. But, yeah, they definitely still need help on the defensive side of the ball. So they can't pass up the potential of Tyree Wilson right there at that spot. Um, so let's move on to number seven. Man, the Las Vegas Raiders. What do they do? Now, here's where I'm going with my pick on this one. And my thought process is pretty simple. Um, this all comes back to Josh McDaniels, in my opinion. Uh, if you think about the context of Josh McDaniels' career, he started off you know, as a mentor, uh, an offensive guru, if you will, with the New England Patriots. Got that first job in Denver with the Denver Broncos. Immediately traded Jay Cutler. Got Kyle Orton in there. If I remember correctly, I think they started the season 5-0 and and then did not make the playoffs. And within a couple of seasons, he was fired. Next thing you know, he is back on the New England Patriots staff. He wins a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Stays a couple of years. Ushers in the Mac Jones era. And then obviously gets a new gig with the Las Vegas Raiders. What I'm getting at is now that they have Jimmy G under center, you know, they, they got Josh Jacobs on the franchise tag. They have Devontae Adams. This team needs to win next year, and more importantly, they need to ensure that they score points. So I'm going, actually, I'm going Paris Johnson. I know they haven't been linked to him a ton, but I think that they go with one of those anchoring tackles on the offensive line to say to themselves, look, the best shot at us winning and staying around is probably keeping Jimmy G healthy. And the only way to do that and keep him upright is to keep him clean with a strong pocket. I, you know, I'm not overly familiar with their offensive line, but I guarantee you they could probably use one. I'm going Paris Johnson. I think it's going to be a little bit of a surprise at number seven. Yeah, that is a big surprise. Um, Bears fans do not want to hear that, um, mm -hmm. but it's okay. It's okay. Uh, moving on. We're number eight. Here we go, Vincent, your backyard, the Atlanta Falcons at number eight. They can go in a multitude of directions because they need a multitude of different types of talented players. So at number eight, the Atlanta Falcons on the board, who do they take? So it, it, they are pretty interesting. They do. They, they are one of the teams that are bereft of, you know, provable talent. Um, they can, and like you said, they can go to multitude of uh, multitude of um, directions with this. They need a quarterback. I don't think they're going to take one. They need defense. I don't think they go. I don't. I don't know. Not sure if they go that route. They need offense. Um, however, best player on the board at this point, I think that's the way they need to go. Therefore, you can't mess up. Um, and I, and best player on the board to me, Devon Weatherspoon, right out of Illinois. Mm -hmm. um, wow. Probably the best corner. Probably the best, the best corner in the draft. He's great against the run. He's great against the pass. Um, I, yeah, I think that's I think that's the safest play for them. Even though they get they did just trade for Jeff Okuda, you know, from Detroit, um, and they did and they probably do need a you know more help on the defensive line. Um, but I don't think but I don't think you should you know you know reach just for the need. I think you take the best player and Devon Weatherspoon. That's that for them. I really like that. I think that's a really interesting pick, especially when you talk about. Okuda, you know, getting traded for what a fifth round pick? Yeah. Was it something like that? Yeah. I mean, they they basically traded the Lions traded the number three pick overall in that year's draft for a fifth round pick three or four years later. Now look, Akuda had some injury issues. 
And let's be honest, he wasn't a very good player. So I find this really interesting from a Falcons perspective of you're trying to buy low on a guy that you're trying to see if he can maybe rejuvenate and reinvigorate his career in a different setting. From the Detroit Lions perspective, though, I mean, my skepticism lies in the fact that their secondary last year was awful, and now they're trading one of the guys that used to be a number three overall pick. It doesn't seem to match up other than just them not believing that Akuda is a good player. What this does, though, for the Falcons, though, Vincent, which I like why you made this pick, is that even if you get Okuda, and let's just say he bounces back, you know, you're, you're kind of covering your bases a little bit by getting a guy like Witherspoon, who apparently, you know, they liken him to a linebacker as a cornerback. He has that kind of physicality on the outside of the numbers like that. So um, I do like that a lot. Um, in real in reality, though, do you think Arthur Smith is going to be able to to withstand the temptation of not taking an offensive player, or do you think uh, <laughs> you know what are what are your chances on that there? Um, I don't think they you know withstand withstand that temptation. Um, it's just at that point the only the only good offensive, but let me not say only good, the best offensive player at that point to take. And that that would be a direct need for them would be Bijan, but at number eight, that's probably way too high. And trading back would probably it would be a gamble. So you know, they I mean they they can use they like I said they are bereft of talent all over the field. They need help you know immediately. And you know whomever they took right there, they took Christian Gonzalez. They took and they take Devin like I said Bijan. Or even maybe even Will Levis. They're all can be. They're all pluses for what they got going on right now. But and like as you said, Arthur would probably push for an offensive player over a defensive player. And if it's not Bijan, I think it's a terrible move. Yeah. It's number nine. The Chicago Bears are officially on the clock here. Um, if it's all right, just because we're going. Every other one. I'll go first with my number nine pick. Um, thought about this long and hard. You know, as you effort already mentioned, Christian Gonzalez still on the board. Perhaps one of the top cornerback selections. Obviously, Devon Witherspoon is another. They're one A, one B in terms of talent and possible selection in the NFL draft. Um, and so here we go. I, I'm going to go. I've given this a lot of thought. I kind of settled on one player for a long time, and I have moved over. Um, just a little bit and after watching him after hearing enough people and then when you kind of talk to the people after a long time with a track record of trust that you sort of like listen to and believe in um, and then when you look at the past context of Ryan Poles where you say how does Ryan Poles evaluate talent um, he evaluates talent but he also always factors in physical trait um, I'm going Darnell Wright from Tennessee the right tackle um, I know Pete Skronsky on the board but I think at the end of the day, if you're saying that those are similar players with similar projections, you're going to go with the physical traits of Darnell Wright over Peter Skronsky every single time. And Darnell Wright, he's played left tackle, he's played right tackle, he's played guard, but he's excelled at right tackle. This is a guy that you're just going to plug and play. You're going to put him in there. And um, and, and I think he has the speed to play the outside zone, um, to pull. I think he's going to be good in the screen game. And uh, I think he's a guy that you're just going to be able to put there, keep him there, don't even worry about it. We're not changing positions at the offensive line. And I, I think the Chicago Bears go there um, and take Darnell Wright. What say you? Who do the Chicago Bears take at number nine? I'm going Skoronsky. 
if Paris yeah. isn't there, and I think Skaronsky probably edges him out a little bit, just a tad, but I'm going, I'm going Skaronsky. I, I, I think I am, I've made my, I, I've I've come to the realization that tackle is the best thing we can do there. Um, go ahead. We've got three, like you said, there's three of them to choose from. And I think there's a clear tier of, you know, Skaronsky, Paris, and then Darnell Wright. And, but there's no, I don't think there's any bad choice to be made out of that. Um, Darnell Wright is, will be great. I think he can play. He'll be with us for a good amount of years, 10 years, probably be a starter for that an anchor on our line for, a good decade and same with the other two. So perfect pick. I'm going right there with you with it. Yeah. So we're in lockstep. We think that they should take an offensive tackle uh, in the draft and look, if they end up with Skaronsky, I'll be just as happy. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a dude from our backyard. I'm not a big college football guy, but if I had a favorite college football team, it would be the Northwestern Wildcats. Um, so I'm not displeased there at all. And they say that the guy is a complete tactician, rarely makes mistakes is fundamentally sound. And that is something that the Chicago bears need. Um, in a plethora uh, moving forward if they're going to build a competitive football team. My final one for you, though, I almost did this, Vincent, and I, I think I would have blown blown your brain. Um, but I want to get your take on it, and then we're going to get out of here. Um, I went to sleep last night contemplating and wrapping my head around the concept of the Chicago Bears take B. John Robinson. Um, and look, I want to get your take on this because just from like looking at how the off season played out. And I know we walked into this off season saying, what do the Chicago bears need? They need a defensive line. They need offensive line. And what did Ryan Poles do? He almost did the exact opposite. I mean, he tried to sign some guys in the defensive line. He brought in Nate Davis. Great. Awesome. But what did he do? He actually went out and he said, I'm going to go try and find the best talent at the best value for this team right now. And that's when the TJ Edwards and the Tremaine Edmonds, you know, that's when those deals came into play. And then he let David Montgomery walk. Um, he did sign Deontay Foreman. So there's Deontay Foreman, Khalil Herbert, Travis Homer, and Tristan Ebner right now on the roster. But if you're saying from just the principal mindset of the Chicago Bears are not winning the Super Bowl this year, and they're probably not winning the playoffs this year. And, and if Ryan Poles is truly saying, hey, we want to get better, but next offseason is the offseason that we actually strike. Would he be that crazy to take Bijan Robinson at nine and just say, we're going to have a blue chip elite offensive weapon to pair with Justin Fields, DJ Moore, and a collection of other offensive weapons, and we're going to play out the next year. And then after that, we'll handle the trenches or whatever. I don't, I don't, I, I'll prefer he don't. I prefer he not, you know, push off a, um, a clear need for a flashy, Flashy, but very talented um, running back. Uh, we can get we can get suitable running backs elsewhere. We've got like as you as you named them all off. We got five. Um, I'm pretty sure we can find. Pretty sure one of those guys can get the job done. Uh, not saying they're at the same level as Bijan because Bijan is amazing. His his work at Texas was is in the record books, legendary. But as I as I've been noting. Um, we need we need guys that's going to be you know be milestones on this team for a very long time. There's a shelf life on running backs. We all know. Um, Bijan is a great. He'll be great for. He'll be great wherever he goes. I you know I, I only I only wish greatness for my team. However, we do need 
we we I don't I don't like the idea of just going going you know push putting off the tackle the protection for Justin. I don't like put putting that off any further. Go ahead, it's right there in front of you. Go ahead and get him. Get 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 that anchor and you know let's be good. Yeah, and look, I I I I don't think that they do it. Um, I just think that at the same time, I don't know. It's just been rattling around in my head a little bit, right? Where mm-hmm. you know you think about what we're gonna need next season, and if you're asking yourself, is Justin Fields gonna magically turn into a four thousand yard passer next year? Um, I kind of have my doubts right now a little bit. Should he be in the three thousand to thirty five hundred category? Probably. But you and I both know that this team is going to be lean. We're going to be leaning on that running game, right? We're yeah. going to need, we're going to need eighteen hundred team rushing yards next year, at least, and we're hoping to get to that two thousand mark, um, which I believe we did last season. And I'm just asking myself, how do we get there? Um, I, I, you know, I do like Deontay Foreman, right? And we know Justin Fields what he can do with his legs. Um, I am tempted and tantalized by the idea of a shotgun RPO and the linebacker sitting there and he's seeing B. John Robinson on his left, Justin Robinson, uh, so Justin Fields in the middle and he hikes the ball and they have to decide whether which one goes left and which one goes right and, and trying to cover it and make it happen. Um, I, I just, I, I, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really intrigued by it. And I'm really curious to see too as well, because there's going to be weird Twitter vitriol if they do take him. Um, that I think is probably going to be undeserved. I don't know if it's the right pick or not, but um, there have been a couple of people that have talked about it, but I mean, we'll see. Is there another pick out there that would probably say that would probably like, you know, that would get you upset. Like if they took a cornerback, if it was Christian Gonzalez in this area, would that, um, would that excite you? Would that depress you? Um, or maybe just no really emotion at all. Um, no, if they, if they went in, in that same in that same direction for defense, rather. I think the number one thing the team needs is a player in the trenches, whether it's defensive line or offensive line. I think that's the need. And it just so happens that their needs are right there at that at that number nine position. However, if they went a different route and, you know, got Christian Gonzalez, one of the cornerbacks, or Bijan, or one of the wide receivers out there, everybody's grouped up in that little space from eight to 15. Um, it's a smorgasbord of talent out there. And I don't think the only position that would, you know, kind of, you know, have me throw my hands in the air would be wide receiver. Even mm-hmm. not saying that we we're set at wide receiver, not saying that at all, but that's something we could have waited on everything else. Like, like I said, tackles, um, defensive line players, uh, even a defensive secondary guy. That's something like, okay, it's right there. They're 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 they they've knocked it they've knocked the park out they've knocked the all the pre draft stuff out out the park, and you saw you thought that that was gonna be a great player for us for a long time. Cool, even even Bijan like okay all right I've I've seen him I've seen him work I like I get it I get why you was enamored okay fine I I will get over that you know after the first few couple of touchdowns I get over it. <laughs> Wide receiver though, Wide receiver, no you could have got you could have got that we've got. Too many picks in day on day two. You get a wide receiver. Don't do it on Thursday. Please don't. I'm in agreement with you on that. I think of all the positions that they could take at number nine. You know, Bijan Robinson, look, none of them would make me upset. 
um, the one that would make me most skeptical would be taking the wide receiver at nine. And I think you mentioned this in a previous pod here on the bear, uh, the bear claw podcast is we've done so much work at the wide receiver position already trading for Claypool, trading for DJ Moore. You know, we've already decided to bring back EQ Brown, Dante Pettis. We're banking on the health of Darnell Mooney. Um, to then add another wide receiver specifically at nine without addressing the offensive line or saying to yourself, hey, look, Deontay Foreman, we're good. Um, that part would probably make me the most skeptical there um, at that particular point. So I think wide receiver position, if they went there, would probably me that have my eyebrow raised the highest to the sky. But Bijan Robinson, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, make the pick. And deal with it later. I mean, we might get an opportunity to enjoy um, a high-end blue chip running back um, right during the prime of Justin Fields' career. I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be overly upset with that. There's still plenty of guys like Isaiah Wynn and other offensive line guys on the market that you can go out. You can get a professional unit together. Um, and Chris Morgan, I think, is a good offensive line coach. So um, I think either direction. Um, I'd be happy. But if they go offensive line, I'd be cool with it too. Uh, Vincent, we got to get out of here, man. Thank you so much for tuning in. To the Bear Claw Podcast here on the Bears Podcast Network um, with FFSN, Fans First Sports Network. You can follow me, Joey Christopoulos, at Joey Sports Guy. Vincent Saunders, my co-host, my man. Um, hopefully we'll be coming back later in the week with a reaction to the Chicago Bears taking Jordan Addison. No, I mean, I'm, not, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, not at all. Uh, hopefully a pick that we both like and enjoy that we can get excited about. Come on back. Make sure you check out that episode. Uh, Vincent's man, take us home on a good pod. Let's go Bears. Bear down. Grab those bear claws. Get a box of them. Get them ready. Sit down on the couch. Watch the NFL draft. It's here. It's at our doorstep. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Come on back for the next show and tell some friends, and we'll be back. Bear down.